Yo, Barra. What are we talking about this week? New tune, who did? What's good? Yeah, new tune, who did? Let me tell you about the tunes we'll be fucking with. Barra C and it popping with the heavy shit. You got Zach D, musical analysis. We gush about the albums and we don't stop. But for Charlie XCX, Santa kind of pop. I love it when I hear the sound of the needle drop. Scratch your records and we're skipping any small talk. Shit's wild, yo. But not really. It's just two nerds being nerds. Right, so let's get going. Uh, this is going to be... It's weird doing this without headphones because we don't need them for the podcast. We don't need them. Why we don't, don't need we need them, them Barra? Because we're finally doing this in person. <laughs> finally, 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 after a year. So I think February 19th was the release of the very first episode of the podcast, which is with By Curious. And uh, this is going to be the year special, so we can do it in person of new tunes who diss. You. So uh, thank you very much for being here, and thank you very much. I'm in Zach's house. At the oh moment, yeah, by the way, in, in my abode. in my basement, <laughs> my home studio. Recording if anyone's work. looking for any studio work, yeah, it's fully kitted out. There's a deck board here. Uh, There's a dehumidifier, <laughs> uh, some towels, uh, a bed, uh, pillows, a mirror, so you can watch all of my sleep. clothes, <laughs> um, my books, um, and a salt lamp. Oh yeah, this, I do like the song. You like I was the song? Nice, that nice little touch. So what are we doing here today? We're picking out our favorite albums of. Do we say January and February? Yeah, yeah, because February is not over yet, mm. and January didn't have. I didn't find anything in January that I was could talk about for uh, like. Got <laughs> something. Oh, you got something? Did I got you? Something from January? All yeah. oh, right, okay. Um, so wait, who wants to go first? Then will we get straight into it? We do the honor. Do you have any honorable mentions? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, do you want to do those first or? Let's do them after the first one. Okay, we'll do the after the first one. Okay, yeah, so yeah. who wants to go first? Don't mind. You go first. <laughs> alrighty, alrighty. Please. So my first pick is uh, a little band, uh, a little Irish band by the name of Silverbacks. Actually, they're not that little, um, but they're great. Um, they're like five-piece band. This is their second album. It's called Archive Material. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't let the name fool you. It is not a collection of B-sides or unreleased songs because I have a friend who literally didn't listen to it for the first week because he thought <laughs> it was like, he was like, oh, that's weird. They've released B-sides. Okay. And then, like, and then he listened to it like, these are class. Like, <laughs> these are these are great B-sides. These are better B-sides than the first A-sides. Um, but no, Silverback's Archive Material. Um, like... Last year was excellent for music, and then Silverbacks, like I think, like a week or two into this year, released their second album, which just like Fuck. was so good. And like, especially there was loads of great Irish albums last year, and it was lovely to see like a new Irish album. Uh, really, for me, hit hit home. Like, mm. just nailed it, nailed the landing. I didn't really listen to any of the singles beforehand, as I tend to do. If I know I'm going to listen to something, I'll just wait till the album comes out. And uh, yeah, it's like. So Silverbacks, if you're not familiar, they kind of play like post-punk, but don't be like post-punk. It's not like uh, another uh, copycat of like a sort of broody. Like it's not it's not another sort of band trying to be the Fontaines or something, you yeah, know, yeah, or yeah, what whatever. They they play more like you know television talking heads, that kind of like the weirder, more quirky side of post-punk. Mm. Um, archive material is fucking great. It's really like 
heavy hitting. I, f- I feel like the first album, I love the first album. It's called Fad. Um, <laughs> but I think Archive Material is much more like focused and like packs the pu- the punches. It's heftier. It's 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 more, it sounds more like them finding their own sound as well. Like not that the first album sounded like them, but I think this one, they really like found something. And especially the singing from, I think it's Daniel Kelly uh, is great. Like he's got so much character He's got such great lyrics. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> what are you going to say? Something? No, I just, I it just, it's funny because I we were we were on the bus and I just remember you mentioning Silverpacks and then going, "Fuck yeah, I know what I'm picking for yeah, this." Yeah, I and just, I was just like, I was like, he's not actually gonna. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I am. I, 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 as it's known, it's a tradition of the show that I don't plan, and I just kind of wing stuff. Um, but yeah, what can I say about uh, archive material? Um, there's just so many highlights, like the the fucking oh, it's fucking uh, fucking hundred episodes. I had actually notes on this because I did write something for Tower Records uh, oh. about it. I did a full review. I listened to it ahead of time, and we made it the album of the week after my. Oh, I thought you said push. you listened to it ahead of time of this. I was like, don't tell me you've been picking stuff that you haven't listened. No, to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That King Gizzard band, I mean, I bought all the albums, but I've never listened to one of them. I just like to look at them. I just like saying the name to annoy people. Um, But yeah, they, they, like, the guitar work on this album is phenomenal. There's, like, such amazing, like, lines. And, like, sometimes in, like, three seconds of a song, there's, like, two amazing guitar lines that most bands would, like, dream of writing. But they don't necessarily put the, the riffs to the front. It all kind of, they all work together. And so... Like blinking, you'll miss a lot of like amazing little moments. But as I say, this one to me, it felt like it's like a train kind of hitting you. But also, there's like moments of like kind of d- sort of funky dis- danceiness, like the song "Different Kind of Holiday." Um, the lyrics are all kind of like about the pandemic, but the way that kind of Daniel and Emma write their lyrics, it's not like annoying or it's not like grating. Yeah. It's like their little slice of life. Like I think what's the song? There's a song called like "A Job Worth Something," and apparently. Like you can kind of see it in the lyrics where it's it's just sort of like reflecting on sort of different two different experiences during this time. Like, you know, one one the singer goes home to his or comes home after his like nine to five job, whereas I think it was his sister was like working on the front lines in a hospital. Oh, wow. You know, so it's like the kind of contrast between like, you know, I suppose like the different sort of vocations that people do in their lives and how at the time, like a pandemic, like one is so much more extreme than the other. Mm. It's great. It's a great song. Um Again, the way the songs are sung is very, like, eccentric or, like, it's not necessarily, like, you know, it's not Nick Cave kind of, like, pronouncing a thing. It's, like, the, it's, the lyrics are there. They're there to read them, to get to really pay attention. But when I listen to their music, it's never normally the lyrics that are the first thing. But then having read them, there's some great stuff in there. Some really funny lines as well. I think I have some little written down here. Um yeah, there's just like lovely, delicious little vignettes of of like okay. really normal, normal sort of bore, like mundane kind of uh, stuff. I'm trying to see. Bar, bar, like I like this one. Uh, barred from the workmen's, but they're not our people. Let's head to the joint where the locals don't point and the carpet smells of rain. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I love it. Or like, there's another one in the song "Where My Medals," where like Emma, who's the bass player, is it sings lead vocals on some songs. And she's like, in her, she's a really delicate and soft voice. And she's like, I'm the heel to every fight, blowing kisses to my friends. Hear my deep and raspy voice. And it's like, she just <laughs> has a very sweet, soft, like lovely voice. 
very gentle. It's just like I don't know. It's got a it's got a sense of fun and Why silliness. Why are so many people banned from Workman's? <laughs> I, I don't know. I know so love, many yeah, people who are barred from Workman's. Yeah. Like, for really, really, and if you don't know anyone, it's probably you. Yeah, <laughs> but for really like minor things. Mm. Like. <laughs> um, again, another highlight of this album is uh, the song Rolodex City, which is I like that title already. Yeah, it's just so like it's so punky and weird and like. It, just, it reminds me of Talking Heads, like the early Talking Heads, the really yelpy kind of stuff. Mm. But again, the guitar work. Again, if you like your, your post-punk stuff or your rock, even just rock, give this album a go. If you like rock music or punk music or whatever, not expecting like, you know, hardcore punk. It's yeah, more yeah. like taking like the television cues, the Talking Heads, the sort of the modern lovers kind of stuff and, and go in that direction. Um yeah, I I don't know if I have so much more to say, but do you want to hear any snippets? Yeah, I do. Of course I do. Let's, uh, now we're doing the snippets in person. This is even more interesting. Do we have something to play them on? Or? We can play them on the... I'll connect the Bluetooth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut this. Oh, yeah, this is all getting cut. I quite like that, but they're definitely not a raspy voice. <laughs> no, not a raspy voice when you hear Emma coming in there. Um, Fuck it, those boppies, I can imagine their gigs are fucking They're wild, really good, like, yeah. yeah. They're so tight as well. Um, I'm surprised I haven't seen them now. How long have they been going? Oh, they've been going a while, uh, but then they released their fad in the, was it 2020? Like, in like July 2020, oh, which was right, probably yeah. in history, well, like one of the, the worst, worst times. To ever release a song. Yeah, to <laughs> release an album in a way. But they did it. It fucking was great. Um, and then they've come out with like this one pretty quick after. I mean, like considering. Did uh, they both get vinyl releases? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, so like they must have had it ready quite a while ago to get the records okay. uh, with the shortage and everything. Um, yeah, I'll give you another snippet here of uh, of different kind of holiday, which okay. follows on from Rolodex City, cool, cool, which cool. is a kind of dancing number. Get Real good looking Watch the paint dry man It always comes to something different kind of holiday different kind of holiday So yeah, that's different kind of holiday. Which again, I just love the lyric "different kind of holiday." I assume <laughs> it's about like the the last two years. It that, would have to be, yeah. Um, as a lot of this album, as I say, it's 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 not easy. Like every, you know, it's, I'm sure a lot of people are writing like things about pandemic or whatever. But it's not easy to do it where it's not like too soon or annoying. Like they managed to do it in a kind of funny and like. Like almost a lot of levity and tongue like, in cheek, almost. tongue in cheek, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which totally matches the kind of mood that their music makes, especially on this album. 
Um, no, I was the same while I was playing. I was like, this is the type of music that I'd have a smile on my face listening to it the whole time. It's boppy as fuck yeah. as well. Like, I'd love to see... I can't wait to see it live. I can't wait to go back to proper concerts every week again. Yeah. Even though I did damage my hearing doing that. <laughs> and like, yes. Again, there's so many good songs on this album. Um, they're pretty much... It's pretty, like, all killer, no filler. I can't really... There's like a lovely instrumental interlude, Car Shade, which is quite nice. Um, and then, like, there's a song, Central Tones, which has this class, like psychedelic freak out in the middle of it that I would love to show a little snippet of. Um, yeah, well. Yeah, let's give it a little... Let's give it a whirl. So there's... So... What's it called? Psychedelic tone? No. No, central tones. Central tones. Yeah. Again, I love how the, the variety in these songs, in the in the style, and and even though it all sounds very Silverbacks, like the the song Central Tones is a lovely kind of like freak out moment for me, like very almost kind of shoegazy and dreamy, and it really it just the track listing it just breaks it up so nicely. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's much more I can say other than uh, I the guitar playing again is my favorite thing. now everyone will have different things that they like most in certain albums and mm. you know people will disagree i love the guitar playing in this album so much and it's so fun i saw i had the privilege of seeing them in between uh like whenever it was it was like last november i think okay. and watching killian uh play the guitar the he's there's two brothers in the band <laughs> killian and daniel it's just two brothers it's just two brothers playing <laughs> the punk rock <laughs> Oh, no, I was doing the Rick and Morty thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, uh, two brothers. <laughs> in a van. And then a meteor hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was trying to riff off that, but I, I can't remember. It doesn't God. matter. It doesn't matter. It's late. Um, it's, it's, it's late. Uh, but yeah, he's a pleasure to watch playing. I, I don't think you're going to see a happier guy playing the guitar. Okay. He, he puts love into that thing. <laughs> but not in a creepy way. Like, yeah, I was about to in say. Like, in like love for your friends way, you know. Uh, but yeah, Silverbacks archive material. Check it out if you like talking heads, if you like television, if you like anything punk or rock, or even if you just like good, funny, witty lyrics. Uh, it's definitely a good one. Very good pick. I like that a lot. Nice. Did you? Where did you get those notes? By the way, I I said I wrote I wrote a review for Tower Records. Oh, oh you're just okay. For, I thought I thought you were just like, when did he get the time to write these fucking notes? <laughs> when I was cooking our pizzas. <laughs> oh. So wait, we'll do the shoutouts after we both. Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, not, yeah. Um, so, or do you want to do your your album first? Then we'll do the shoutouts. Then we'll do the. Yeah, that makes sense. Wait, are we going to do? Because we're doing, we're doing two out two new albums, and then we're going to do a revisited album that we've been listening to just to just to. Yeah. Well, are we going to do the revisited album after the new album? Like one, then revisited, then new, like new, then revisited, and then new, or I'd say two new revisited, two new then revisited. Okay, so. Um, my album that I picked uh, for my first one that I won't talk about it too too much. Like I won't go into crazy detail because the second album that I have later on, the second new new one is 
my god it's one of my favorite albums i've heard in a long time it's mm. up there it's i'm i'm excited i'm that excited about it that i was when i listened to japanese breakfast for the very first time yeah i think it's i it's class so it's uh rollo tomasi where or Ro, i don't know how you how do you or o-l-o is a rollo or rollo i like rollos Rolo. Rolo. Rolo Tomasi, where myth becomes uh, memory. Now, I first saw these guys. Have you, have you ever heard of them? Yeah. They're like math rock with like 10 years ago. Yeah, they've been going a while. Yeah. yeah. They're very good. I feel now. like they're like a warped tour kind of band. Don't you dare lump them know. in with that crowd. <laughs> they did. They definitely played warped tour. But uh, <laughs> they're more, they're a bit like. They're kind. They're what like I saw somebody refer to them as anti-metal. I saw another news site refer to them as Nintendo Core, which I have no idea what that is. But I first came across them because it. they were touring. I think it was their second last album. I can't. I can't actually remember. But it was one of those days where um, it was on like a Thursday night. I was bored off my brain and nobody was doing anything because it was a Thursday, and they were playing in Fibbers, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'll just go." after work have a good time and it'll be a bit of crack and Chancellor were supporting um, Order 66 were supporting who are no longer a band but they were well they weren't I don't know if they I think they broke up but they were fucking amazing and Ruin were playing R-O-U-N-E-N oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Dan's band yeah, yeah. Um, they were fucking class as well but yeah um, it was one of those so I went not really didn't really know much of their songs or anything about them and was kind of blown away that I actually thought they had two singers. So the girl who sings in it, um, I can't remember her name. I have it written here. I should know this. Um, she, I, I thought they had two singers because it has such wretched screaming and then instantly cleans on most of the records. So I was just like, oh, that's obviously two. And then, no, it's her. And it has like that hardcore energy, like just the ferocious kind of just nonstop moving with mathcore. And then you're kind of like, this is heavy as fuck. Like it's so like, oh, and then suddenly it's um, just goes into just like almost sometimes like electronic stuff or like art pop stuff. And just it's all it's all over the place stylistically in a good way, kind of like Enter Shikari, but like a lot more mature, if that would make sense. They'd be in the same kind of envelope, I suppose. Her name is Eva Corman is her name. But uh, I loved them after that. But um, so this album, which I didn't even know they were working on, is supposedly I've seen it being credited as an accidental trilogy. So it's thematically the same as 2015's uh, uh, Grievances and 2018's uh, Time Will Die and Love Will Bury, which is an album that I really liked. Time Time Will Die and Love Will Bury was fun. I think I have it at home on CD. But uh, this album... Yeah, it's just how do you explain? How do you explain it? I suppose one of the things that uh, comes out to me most is James Spence, who's the keyboardist and synthesizer and stuff. Just his electronic stuff that he does in it are just so ethereal and just beautiful and gorgeous. But I, what I find, is, and then obviously your one's vocals are amazing as well. But what I find amazing is that, which kind of you'll see a trend here, especially with Death Heaven and all that kind of stuff. That like they're able to go like blisteringly heavy, and then you think it's going to go one way, and then it doesn't. And then it goes like it goes into either beautiful or kind of just like it can be so dark and then so just kind of like, oh, <laughs> like in, in a split second. But um, yeah, from start to finish, this album is like it's I, I personally think it's their best album. But as I said, like not a I wouldn't be a fan that listens to them on a very, very regular basis. But for me, I was just like this. It came as such a surprise. It just it was amazing. But um, let's see, like uh Let's see what I have. I would read these notes. Um, oh, I was going so well there. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, they're able to split between the two so seemingly. So like on Mutual Ruin, which is a song that starts off so fucking heavy, dark and pretty song. It kind of has a trajectory, as I said, like where it's going. We might as well play a sample actually just to get, yep. just to see it. What's so I'll say this, maybe the second song in. Um, oh my God, I've, I'm drawing a complete blank on what the second song's called. It is called Cloaked. Second song, Cloaked. Okay. So actually, if you want, yes, do Cloaked. Yeah, Cloaked. Cloaked. <laughs> Kind of brought me right back into where I was talking about. So it's like super technical, super genty, and it's it's just so just all over the place. But they're able to just bring in those cleans so seamlessly. But I can't believe that's the same singer. Yeah, it's the same singer. And you should see her do it live. Whole and she does not stop. She does not stop moving. Like constantly, just so you're kind of like Jesus. Take a break. Take a breather or anything. And she's only a little. She's a little small thing and just kind of just in your face. Just just fucking ready to go. But that's what I love about it. It's it's just just ferocious, but still able to be like, I don't know. I don't like using the word deep to describe something. It's kind of like you could say anything, you know, deep. But there's something very, um, I don't know, like not haunting. It just kind of grabs you. Like they are the lyrics are quite. Um, it's whereas when you have music like this, I think I think a lot of time bands kind of get lost and just let's try and make this as brutally heavy as possible, and we'll write some lyrics that are kind of you know oh I'm sad or whatever which is you know they're fine but like they write in such a way that it's very you can click to it right away um, I don't know I just really like them I just think they're fucking they're classy yeah, yeah. but uh, they have like other songs um, that are really that are the worth note on noting on the album are uh, like Closer is like a straight up like art rock song uh, if you want to listen to like a little simple of that yeah. like it's it's kind of hard to believe that all of it is from the same band when you're listening to like if you listen to it randomly you'd kind of go oh shit like I thought this was like a side project but it's still very much like cohesive in terms of the song listing like one of them has this absolutely amazing fucking closer in it um, which is I think Mutual Ruin yeah Mutual Ruin actually has this amazing like it's so fucking heavy and heavy and heavy and heavy and heavy and heavy and then at the end it just has this simple um drum and guitar thing like really simple that leads off into this beautiful refrain and you're like oh that was a fucking gorgeous way to close that song but I would never have thought that you were going to close this song with that section and then right after you have a song called Labyrinthian which is just from the very get go like right after it's just so in your fucking face like but like if you want to hear like one of their like pure softer songs that has no metal on I think like uh, Closer would be a good one to maybe check out Seventy-five was it? Was well, that we, the bloody? Uh, was that the bloody nineteen seventy-five? No, 
But where <laughs> I might have ruined the song for myself because when your man's vocal came in, I did say it sounds like Hello Goodbye. <laughs> when you are the one close to me. I like where we are. are when we, we drive, drive in your, your car. car. <laughs> what else would it be? I, well, there's we, like, we drive in your private jet. But it's like, we I like drive a, when our, when our <laughs> forklift. <laughs> when we pick up crates and oh, it's chips. Such, it's such goods. a shit song, but it's also <laughs> so good. But uh, no, we have to get back to I th- I loved that song before we started doing that. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Though. It's, really, it's really nice. But like the band, like, uh, like where I think the band excels is the album is littered with stuff like that that's lovely like that but they're able to interject it but it's not like we're gonna slap in a fucking uh quiet and nice moment with you know lovely lovely little keys and that kind of kind for shits and giggles like it always seems to fit they're very well at because they've been doing this style of music for ages now that you'd think they're they'd be experts at it but they are um but it's just i just love the juxtaposition all the time which i think You've probably noticed the trend in like when I like like Death Heaven Mall, any of those black gays bands. It's like it's so ferocious, and then it's and then it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that kind of thing. It's 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 sometimes jarring to listen to bands like that, but it's never with these guys. But they they do just flip it up constantly all the time. I'm trying to think of other songs now, like uh, Labyrinth. If you want to give that a go, just to see how oh, brutal, yeah. brutal that is, <laughs> when you have this kind of thing, and then just straight into this. Like basically anybody who the also probably should have noted that the production on that is fucking stellar mm. as well. It kind of needs to be for stuff like that. There's nothing worse than listening to like I can't listen to um what is it? I know it sounds awful. I can't listen to Sorry You're Not a Winner. Do you know that old Enter Shikari song with the Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry was all faster. <laughs> I can't listen to it because the production on it's so shit like yeah. but some people would argue that's probably, you know, the the style at the time. It was but the style. It was the style. But no, like if I think anybody who listens to Gent, Mathcore, Screamo, um, Electronica would probably like this album. It's not for everybody, obviously. So I know there's some hardcore metal purists that like absolutely despise this band. But metalhead elitists are always the worst type of people anyway. So, but uh, yeah, as I said, I wasn't going to, I'm trying to get as much done because I know that I'm going to talk for fucking ages on the second album. So that's kind of my little synopsis. It's a very good album it's a very very good album it's lovely it's beautiful it's quite haunting um yeah i just thought it was a fantastic album i don't really have it as i said a tremendous amount to say other than i'll give my songs of note that i've noticed like closer obviously the one we played labyrinth is brilliant um drip was also it also has a fucking phenomenal closer um it has an absolutely gorgeous closing song which is the end of eternity which i think is native they get the title from some book um obviously the end of eternity is not exactly a unique phrase mm. but i'm pretty sure it's referenced in some book but uh, it's a very intimate album and i would absolutely recommend anybody seeing them live actually i have a funny story about seeing them live i didn't have my glasses on when i went to see them and i was blind as a bat so and like i was really blind and they have like a crazy light show and stuff so i was kind of just watching 
blurs move about on the stage for most of it. And by the end, it was like, I have to go get a T-shirt. I have to get a Ronald Tomasi T-shirt, which I still have. And I went up and uh, these two lads at the merch stand were like, what did you think of that? I was like, man, I'm fucking nuts. I was like, I've never listened to these guys at, like much at all. They came up on Kerrang or Scuzz. Do you remember Scuzz? Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. gone now, man. Scuzz is Scuzz gone. Scuzz is gone, yeah. Pour one out for Scuzz, man. <laughs> drip. <laughs> System of a down drip. <laughs> but uh, uh, so, and they were like, they were like, oh, you've never listened to us. I was like, no, I never listened to them. I've never, and I kept saying them and the guy just went, dude, we I'm the guitarist and the other guy was the drummer. I was like, oh, you guys were sick. And he goes, <laughs> and he goes, could you not see us? I was like, no, I'm, I'm quite blind without my glasses. And he goes, and he's like, he goes, you must be really fucking blind. He goes, it, it was Fibber's downstairs, yeah, you know, yeah. which is a tight, like, it's not a big Small, space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, I was talking to them for about 10 minutes before the guys realized that I hadn't a clue that they were actually in the band. You should have just been like, no, I'm I'm blind. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that would go down very well yeah. if they see me later on. Yeah, going, yeah. Hey! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm not going to claim to be disabled, Jack. Uh, Zach, sorry. <laughs> Did you just admit? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, will we do the shout outs then? Because yes. I have like, I have like four or five that were albums that I thought of that were of note that were pretty good. I think the first one that I had was... Um, I keep forgetting to talk into the mic, uh, was Author and Punisher Crueler. Did you ever listen to Author and Punisher? Yeah. Author and Punisher are like, um, oh, it's one guy. And he has this, so it's like industrial metal. So it's the whole, you know, but he has these like big, because he was an engineer before he became a musician, he made himself a rig where he's able to play all the different synthesizers and drum machines that he has at the same time. So he has this like, it's it, it's this big metal thing that he built it and he's able to like he like he'll push these huge weights that will do stuff and like pull it back and the way like the way he put it back he's allowed to measure the tempo on one drum machine and measure like how long the key is held on another it's quite nuts do you think he would have been more cost effective just paying other people or it looks way cooler though. <laughs> <laughs> there's a video there's a video of you of him um uh on youtube showing him how he assembled it it's awesome and he has this like cool metal plate in front of him that he puts that does vocalizations on his uh, on his uh, vocals obviously oh, yeah. but it, I'd highly recommend but he did this kind of um, it's it's weird It's it sounds like a uh, I wouldn't I'm not going to say talking heads but it's very like Depeche Mode almost his new record but it's still like it's still heavy as balls but it's not there's no there's not really any growling or anything on it like he's actually doing that kind of um He's doing like a Depeche Mode type of singing. I is what I got out of it, but it's it's class. I would highly recommend it. The other one is um, Amorphous Halo, which we were talking about. Amorphous are just a deadly metal band, and Halo is a really really good album. And then I never is it Mo? Do you know M with the it's and it, the O with the thing through it? Oh, how do you pronounce her name? And she's class. She always she's I, I've been a fan of her for ages, but I think it's Mo. I think it's exactly as you have to say it this way. Mo? Yeah, <laughs> uh, Motor Drone, uh, which was br- which I listened to yesterday for the first time, and it was class. Then now here's one. How do you pronounce this band's name? W i e g e d o o d. Say it again. W i e g e d o o d. Weed dude. Wigged dude. Wigged dude. Well, they're they're very ferocious. They're very ferocious black metal band. Oh. <laughs> and the album is called "There's Always Blood at the End of the Road," which was released in January, and it's that's a pretty good one. Uh, Celeste, which I think are a French band. Assassins was the other one, which is great. Cult of Luna, The Long Road North, 
um, for anybody who likes. I hate the term. It's like avant-garde metal is what they call it, but it's definitely not. I, that's not what it is. But Cult of Luna are fantastic. They did a great album with um, Julia Christmas called uh, Mariner. Julia Christmas. Julia Christmas. She's class. Uh, Second name is Christmas. I think well, it might be her stage name. Miss I don't Christmas. Don't know if it, Miss Christmas. Yeah. Hi, Miss <laughs> Christmas here. <laughs> it's a cool name. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's just. Smart. It's a good, Mariner's a great album. You might actually like it. Yeah. It's post. It's post metal, I suppose. Is what you call it? If you like them, if you like it, like a Menra. I'm naming all these bands that is you definitely don't know. There's such a thing as brown metal. We're googling that at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> what would that be? I don't know because you keep. It's always like black metal, black metal, and then it's like, is there is there other colors of metal? I've gone straight to brown, but is there like blue metal, green metal? I mean, you can name metals that are that are different colors. Is the genre copper. just copper? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you play? Copper. copper. <laughs> What's that? It's a mixture of like. Um, cross punk and uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's really quite a malleable genre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, dad joke. Geography, oh. geography joke. Somehow um, I'm French now. <laughs> yeah, cult of. <laughs> <laughs> we won't do French impressions. No, no. <laughs> that will get us banned. <laughs> Bonjour, bienvenue à la Nous sommes podcast. I don't. Can, I think you speak I any said, French at all? I think I said welcome to a We Are podcast. I remember when I was in Paris <laughs> trying to speak, and my dad warned me not to do it. But I was in a restaurant near the loop. No, <laughs> that's don't open your mouth. No, in no. France. He was he was basically he's like, don't try not to order in in French because if you if you muddy it up, some people don't like you know don't like you muddying up the language. And I was like, ah. And then don't was, soil was the in a, was in a, was in a bar in in the was in a restaurant in the Louvre, and I got my lovely French onion soup, which was gorgeous. And then I was like, I was trying to order a beer, and I went, you know what? I'm going to go against the advice that I was told not to do and try and order a beer in French. And I can't remember how I went, but I tried to order it, and the guy just looked at me and went, "Shut up, shut up." <laughs> he goes, "I speak English. Stop speaking French. Shut up." I was like, with the with the hand in front of me and everything, and I was like, oh, okay. Someone's not getting a tip. I kind of uh, love. It the, was very. Just give it, no fuck. <laughs> it was very just like Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the last album, which I was listening to, I haven't listened to this band in a while. I just thought it was a lot of fun. Was Comeback Kid, Heavy Steps, which are um, Comeback Kid are they're a hardcore punk band. They're a lot of fun. Um, Devis Uncle should uh, should know better. Which is oh their album? Oh, what was the the album that with a blue cover? They're just a great great party party hardcore party hardcore. rockers oh, in that no they're not lmfao which you treated me to earlier on which was great oh, yeah. <laughs> haven't heard party rockers in about mm, since wes maybe yeah. <laughs> good times good, good times, times. Um, good times honorable mentions um jesus okay uh obviously very prepared I'm going to say the new Black Country New Road album, which is gorgeous. Um, quite a surprise if you're expecting, as you remember, remember and I, I actually was going to talk about them. And then I was like, no, wait, because I, I forgot Silverbacks came out because so many albums came out in the last like two weeks that I just forgot that yeah, it was crazy. that came out like a month ago. <laughs> which, uh, But um, no, Black Country New Road's new album is great. Um, it's really gorgeous. I really love the lyrics and... Uh, sadly, the singer Isaac left the band, as a lot of people know. Like, what? Do you not know this? No. Oh, great! We got to do a breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. Um, breaking news. Well, just for me, but for just for Barra. <laughs> breaking news that most people know who know the band. 
Um, yeah, like four days before the release of the second album, the singer posted a message on social media saying that he was leaving the band because I, I it's kind of hard. The message is not well, it's not like the best written message. It looks a bit like frantic or like cryptic, was, not cryptic, just a bit like, you know, if you're like upset and you, well, write, I had you a minor, send a had a fight and they just went, Mah. no, it wasn't. I don't think it seems okay. like, I mean, I wish the best for the guy. It's just like, I think like, you know, being a touring band doesn't suit him with his mental health oh, fair. or whatever. Okay. Um, and I wish we I wish him all the best. Uh, he I, I just hope he will continue to make songs because after the second album, I'm like I love his his, yeah, his him, him as an artist. His voice, voice is fantastic. Gorgeous. Yeah, it's he really found his voice on this album and his songwriting. So it's so soft. It's more like a fucking Bright Eyes album than it mm. is uh, the last album. You know, it only has moments of like rockiness and the rest of it's quite soft or like classical music almost and I found it a much easier album to listen to than the first one I wasn't a big fan of the first one I kind of yeah. I, I like I liked it but this one now from what I listened to especially the song about Charlie XX which I thought was quite funny <laughs> um, I quite liked it now to be honest yeah. as, as I said to you earlier on I thought it was hilarious people seeing people going ugh <laughs> fuck this band it's like do you even know anything about the band just yeah. because they wrote a song about Charlie XX yeah. anyway yeah um, but yeah, the the album it's great. Um, beautiful songs. They're really like, I don't know for for a band that my the last album my biggest thing about it was I wasn't sold on all the lyrics. Whereas this one, I'm like this this feels like it's coming from the straight from the heart kind of. Even though it's still got like some kind of funny lines every so often, but like no, it's <laughs> it's really good. And my other honorable mention, uh, what else came out? Uh, I guess there was. Uh, Mitski. Um, oh, yes. I did not like that album. You didn't like it at no. all. I was very annoyed at myself for I not liking it. I thought you would it. love it because it's like you Japanese li- breakfast. You built it up so much. Not, not, that, not, that, <laughs> not that, like, just because I sort of got similar, for me anyway, similar enjoyment as the Japanese breakfast one because it was like, I just really like Mitski's voice. I love her songwriting. It, it's not as happy at all as the Japanese breakfast record, but it's similar in that, like, an artist going, changing it up to a more pop direction. Um, yeah, uh, I, I really like it. I love the, the sing- I, I didn't really listen to any of the singles. I think I heard the first single that came out and I wasn't mad on it, but I really like it in the context of the album because you have your poppier moments and that's more of a like, I suppose, weirder song working for the knife. And mm. um, I love the opening song, Valentine, Texas is gorgeous. I love when the synths come in like halfway, like the, the sound kind of kicks in halfway through. I love the only heartbreaker. It's just a real like eighties like song you want to do a karaoke. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, I really like that album. Um, I love Mitski. She's great. She's uh, coming to Dublin, isn't she? She is actually. I yeah, she's coming to Dublin. Yeah, I better figure out how to get in there to the gig. Uh, <laughs> what did I have to say? Cut. Cut. Nobody was inter. I guarantee you, nobody was interpreting that way at all. Yeah, You've but now- I just, I just overthought it. I meant get in the gig, and then I was like, we all thought get- you meant get in the gig. But you know when a man says, "Oh, I want to get in there," it's like, who know, fucking says that? I don't know. People, <laughs> shit, people. Um. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway, what were honorable mentions? I don't think I have any more. Uh, nah. Yeah, but you don't, you don't need no, fucking... No, I don't have any... You had, like, five. I was just like... Yeah, but they were, like... I didn't speak... it Well, I spoke about the Author and Punisher one. Author and Punisher are quite cool. I would reckon... That would be... If I hadn't picked... Um, Rollo Tomasi, 
Rolo Tomasi, whatever whatever way you want Henry to Henry Rollins. Henry Rollins Tomasi. If I hadn't picked that album, I would have picked Author and Punisher. But there was just there was two songs there was one song on it that really annoyed the fuck out of me on it, so I was like, I can't right, yeah, pick yeah. it when the the Rollo Tomasi or Rollo Tomasi, whatever you want to call it, um, was pretty much flawless. Like yeah. from start to finish. I just loved it from start to finish. Even though it's not really like it wouldn't have really been a metal album that I would have listen to normally like even like listen to this it's like this is not the style that i normally would listen to because the guitars are quite well produced and clean i like it a bit grungier but i just thought it was it was just a great album i just really liked it <laughs> nice are we moving on to second album we'll move on to second album yeah so i'm going first uh my second album have a smoke oh is possibly my favorite it's probably gonna end up i wonder what it could oh, be i wonder what it could I be i wonder what it could oh, be he's King only been, gizzard he's, and the lizard no he's only been talking about this album ladies and gentlemen for anybody's listening uh he's not shut up about this album it's been but, out like for like four days yes i know but <laughs> no it's been out like nearly a week now big thief dragon new warm mountain i believe in you oh my days it is so big thief. Uh, I don't think I've. I don't know if I've necessarily even talked about them on the podcast. I've definitely just talked to you about how, like I've I've always I've followed Big Thief since Masterpiece. Have you about them I don't on the think podcast? I have because they didn't release anything. No, you mentioned Adrian Lenker one time, possibly, yeah. But other than like, you haven't talked about them critically at all. Big Thief, but I know how much New, of a fan New York you are, band. Man. They've been going since 2016. They're a funny band for me, and I wonder. I I bet more people are out there who have a similar experience with them, where it's like. Their first album came out. I listened to it. It got a bit of hype when it came out. It's called Masterpiece. Ironically, it's like funny. Like, you know, like they, their first album was called Masterpiece. And especially because of her songwriting style, it's like, it's not like, you know. Beautiful songwriter. It'd be it'd be a bit much if, I don't know, Kanye West called an album Masterpiece. He'd be like, he really believes it. Whereas like, there's a song on it called Masterpiece. So like, I'm like. Yeah, eh, it's it's, there's, there's humor in that. Yeah, but. um, Whereas not for ye. Ye. Uh, but I've been following them since then. And like, I've. I, I, I really loved Capacity when it came out and then like uh, I didn't like UFOF when it first came out it didn't really click with me that I was think. the first album I listened to them yeah when, um... it didn't click with me the first time um, and then they released later that year Two Hands which I really liked again and then they're the, ba- they're the band that I just keep I've, every year I've been listening to them and then every year I've become more and more of an obsessive fan yeah and then the culminating over the la- over the pandemic they're like Sure, songwriting is the perfect thing to list. Like a friend giving you advice somehow <laughs> through like hip poetry and shit. Um, but uh, Adrian Lenker's solo album uh, from 2020 was my favorite album of that year. Still one of my favorite albums of all time. Stunning. Of all of time? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Down. Oh my God. That if I, if, if I had to like put my like, you know, albums you need in a passport or like a like a health thing if you're ever in danger or if he needs if this if you find this person and he's distressed play him this music like that that for me is yeah, like, yeah. it is like connects with, connects with me so much um and yeah dragon new World mountain again i listened to like the first single possibly off this when it came out was like little things and sparrow i think it was a joint like a, a double a side kind of single and then i i kind of didn't listen to anything else other than because i was like <laughs> Once I kind of knew there was an album coming, I was like, I just want to wait and hear the full thing. Um, it is, it's a double album. It's two 40-minute albums. Say, it it album, is yeah. a full-on, like, two full albums. It's not like a double album that's like, you know, like, they're put, like, that's the limit of, like, double album. You'd, otherwise, it would be a triple album if there's any more songs. Um, it's a lot of music. <laughs> yeah, a lot of music, but it's so consistent. It's so varied that, like, 
I found that listening to it is not a drag for me at all. Maybe for some people it might be, but I just like this, like even looking at the back of the record here, like it's broken up into like five song chunks. It's 20 songs. And like each five songs is so well balanced, like its own little EP, if you know what I mean. Mm. So like the songwriting is like damn near perfect, in my opinion. It's just so her lyric writing and her singing and everything. I mean, it echoes like the greats of songwriting and but also it's so her own style as well. Like, but her her lyric writing is just the most beautiful poetry. Yeah, you were sending like, me some samples on WhatsApp the other night. Yeah, the cover as well. I love. I think I believe Adrian Lenker drew the cover, and there's four I, animals. I was admiring the cover as well because it was like uh, the graphic designer got off easy. Yeah, yeah. No, I think she. <laughs> but drew, it works so. It works it. so well, and especially as well. because this is the most experimental Big Thief album, while also being the most country uh, <laughs> that they've ever been. It's also the most like out there that they've ever been. I'm too. surprised they're from New York. Yeah, New York. I imagine they're from um, like upstate, or like that they probably. I feel like they definitely have roots in in like South America, southern states, or something because of their like musical stylings. Like you know, in New York, a lot of people like they meet in New York, but yeah, they're yeah. all from like Parquet Courts are like half of them are from like Texas, I think, but they're like a New York band. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, yeah, I get you. But um, yeah, I don't even know. I can't, I can't. It's almost like too much for words. I'll just try and give some highlights. Uh, all of it, all of it is amazing. Um, that's the highlights. Um, <laughs> some of the lyrics I'm trying to find. The opening song "Change" is it's so it's so sparse and simple. It's really like I think it's like three instruments and just her singing and songwriting. But it's just like the lyrics are so it's so good. It's such a brilliant way so to good. so good, so good, <laughs> so much good. good. It's such an incredible way to start an album especially such a dense and like you know uh, packed album that it's just like change like the wind like the water like skin change like the sky like the leaves like a butterfly would you live forever never die while everything around passes would you smile forever never cry while everything you know passes and it's just like it goes on it's just like the most but she was always one of those um, singer well singer songwriters that you could put like you'd put it in a poetry book and be yeah. like, ah, it just it, it you wouldn't you if if you found out there was a song, you'd be like, oh, okay, it's a song as well. But as well, her sense of melody, it's never like you could never look at the lyrics and know like have a guess as to how the melody goes. It's always there, her melodies are so kind of inventive. There is a couple songs that do remind me of other songs, not by Big Thief on this, but like there's also it's twenty songs. Like Jesus yeah, Christ, apparently they recorded forty five songs. So I imagine. They're not really a Holy B-sides fuck. band. <laughs> They're not really a B-sides band. They, like, so I reckon the other 25 will see the light of day as like an album. Um, especially with how sonically varied. Have you heard this at all? No, I haven't listened to it at okay, all. Okay, so we'll have fun here. <laughs> um, again, if just while I have the lyrics in my hand, if there's any, any ones that stand out to me that I can see. I mean, again, I can't. It's all just the most beautiful lyric writing. Again, she like mixes nature, nature imagery with like very mundane, very normal, you know, modern lyricism. And, and there's something very mystical about her songwriting. It does kind of feel like it to me anyway, it feels like it comes from this other place, you know, like like from from dreams kind of thing. This yeah. like completely scattershot random, but feels a lot like leaves an impression. You don't know what the songs are about, but you know what they make you feel. And um, I guess we'll put up some examples again 
as I say, it's like super country, but also super experimental for Big Thief. <laughs> and again, the most consistent thing. I, again, I, I'm a, like, I'm a big fan. Big fan, Big Thief, best album. Best album, hands down. I just love that we're listening to Big Thief and then I just know what my next one is. And it's like, why does it always go with you pick the most fucking gorgeous record? And <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll give you a little blast of, so I'll give you just like, just give a bit of change at the start just to like this is how it starts would you stare forever at the sun never watch the moon rising would you walk forever in the light to never learn the secret of the quiet night. Um, that was Change, the opening song. Just to give you a sense of where the album starts, I'm going to jump now to, again, another thing to say, her cadence, the way she sings, it's like, it, it, it doesn't stick to like timing, rhythm, as in, she has a kind of free-flowing way she sings rhythmically. This is a bit getting a bit nerdy now, but like yeah, it's, it's not very on. It's not. It's not on the beat. This show. It's Bob Dylan <laughs> does it as well a lot, and like it's something that she does, but makes it her own. It's like she finds her way of being in time with the song, not the way that like if you took where the notes should fall. Mm. If like you know you did sheet music or whatever, she finds her own little push and pull every time she sings. And again, most singers do that. You know, bad ones I guess don't sometimes, but she has just you know it's her singing as soon as you hear even she does a lot with her voice a lot of different styles it must be crazy to get that to figure out how that works though just to be able to come into a point and go like I'm going to sing on this it's, point it's and feeling then... well like you, you know it's roughly within a thing like it's you can't it's something you can't really quantify yeah. it's a feeling thing it's like it's like why you know if you if you give sheet music to like a classical musician they'll play it like that you have to have all the written bits to kind of describe and even then that's just their interpretation whereas like her way of approaching the way she sings again I'm getting way too nerdy about this most people are like Work what away. are you talking about <laughs> but uh, yeah I, I love that about her songwriting it's ne- it's never like if you like like the way you can auto-tune like quantize the way she sings it would just not be the same thing at all there's some something special in the way she does it but uh, then I'll show you an example of like a song later on um, there's some weird songs that I'm not even going to get into but here's oh, you want to yeah yeah like actually the various songs I'm playing so I'm just giving you a sense of the variety but I uh, like well I need to know what you're playing because I need that to was heavy bend I need uh, when I'm editing this I need to yeah. put them in <laughs> that was heavy bend which I believe you can just play even the intro of it just to give an example that it's it sounds like something the start of it I'm like this is going to be sampled in a million SoundCloud rap songs <laughs> like take that add an 808 to it it's 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 basically there then there's flower of blood which is one of my favorite alternative rock songs I've heard just because it 
again, it doesn't sound like other rock bands, but it sounds like them, but it also sounds much more like shoegaze, but it doesn't do any of the shoegaze Ooh. things. As in no walls of sound and all that kind of... But it is a wall of sound, but okay. it's not doing the... In terms of, maybe I'm being too nerdy, but like in the guitars and the drums, it's not necessarily doing what is normally done to get that effect. A lot of it's in the production, but also like there's a lot of strange rhythmic choices and kind of strange, I guess, just strange approaches to music, but all oh, this song. Yoki doki. got very experimental towards the end of that as well yeah like the kind of weird noisy things coming in again book meek is always the guitar player i it took me so long to appreciate his guitar playing because for a lot of big steve stuff it's like blink and you'll miss it it's just like he just blends in with the band they're always a band that very much they sound like one thing like as if they're just playing one instrument that's all together mm. for a lot of stuff this one may be less so it's a bit more trying new stuff but on the earlier stuff definitely but his guitar playing sometimes he's just playing like the most dissonant notes on the earlier Big Thief records but like the way he plays it just fits in that like it's, no yeah. one bats an eyelid it's like but if if you put it in a punk context you're like that's fucking off <laughs> like as in in a, in a good way you yeah know? like the the variety of the songs and the sort of experimenting and fun that they're having on this album again I think the whole thing is recorded live because they, they, sound, you can, see, you can they, hear in the production it yeah. sounds like they're in the room together they, and yeah. then like for instance the song Red Moon the music video is just the studio take there's just a video of the studio take and they oh. just put it up as the video again it's also very country uh, <laughs> is it? Oh, the album oh yeah it doesn't sound very country at the moment I've, I've played I've played some I've played some uh, some of the more rocky ones I'll play like the last song for you uh, which I, is one of my favourite last songs See, the, the funny thing is when I hear country and I know that's not it I think of Willie Nelson one which is obviously you oh, know, yeah, the quintessential, no. quintessential. Yeah. But the other thing that comes into my mind is fucking wagon wheel. Oh <laughs> it's like, no, it's not. Yeah. That's country and western. Yeah, that's I, an Irish sub. Yeah, yeah. Ah, fuck that. My uh, my my family from up north now they all love country and western and they'll play it and like they're all losing their minds to it, thinking it's you know thinking it's great. And I'm just like I don't like this. <laughs> no, there's no guitar. I'm trying to see. I'm going to see which one is the most. Well, there's country no crazy. To give you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Again, I don't like I don't really like country music. You know, yeah, I'm didn't not take you as a country guy. At no, all. I like some songs that are country, like you know, all my exes live in Texas. Like that's just about any of the GTA San Andreas country songs. I kind of have a sauce for, but I think that's from exposure from a young age. Yeah, like well, Dolly Parton's fantastic. Oh, Dolly Parton yeah. is class. Yeah. No, Dolly Parton's great. There are some like John Prine's got some class. Johnny Cash, obviously, but like for the most part, it's not necessarily something I gravitate towards. I love their take their spin on country because I think they bring it away from 
any sort of cliche or fo- like obviously there's cliche sounds and stuff but yeah. the way they record it and and her lyricism and her writing is like so it's just her and it's it, yeah. there, there's something about her lyricism that's so like magical like magic well even that yeah. lyric there I want to be the wrinkle in your eye I was like that's fucking gorgeous that's, yeah. lo- that's a lovely oh, line it's like, full of it's like, just a little line She to me she's like fucking like you know I, I view her in the same regard if not more because she's now mm. as like Bob Dylan to me like I'm like her songwriting is the best I will fight to the rest of my life and like she is like the goat the best she's better than Chris Gaines uh, who's Chris Gaines oh, uh, um What's his name again? Was he in LMFAO? No, Garth Brooks is uh, Garth <laughs> oh, Brooks's alter ego. Oh God! Do you not remember that? No. Oh, worth checking out. <laughs> but yeah, this big thief. I'll sum it up. So consistent, like it's it's very hard to do a double album that you don't get like tired of listening to. But because sure. of all the changes up and stuff, yeah. it's lovely. I do end up mostly listening to it in like I'll just listen to like f- like I'll start at a song and listen for forty minutes and then start again. But I always want to hear the song I didn't hear that time so I always yeah, go back I and then you, yeah. I constantly have fa- new favourites I've barely scratched the surface there's so much music on this and it's all <laughs> as good as each other which is just insane It's what, like how, how long ago was it that the last Big Thief album was out it wasn't too they long ago they did two in 2019 so they released yeah. two in 2019 they probably recorded them in 2018 she had a solo in she had a solo I think three of the members of the band had solo albums in the last um in the, like since 2020 like wow and they still did the time to do this uh, and also apparently 45 songs and this is just 20 of them and they're not re- as I say they're not really a B-side band they don't really I don't know if they have many B-sides you know what I mean yeah I always I always kind of get weirded out when a band releases a B-side thing it's like you didn't really want to release them before yeah. Why are you releasing them now? <laughs> I, I, I get it. It's like you know. So, if, well, sometimes if, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it does if it's work. Your favorite out. band, like if, like when King gives a release any demos or B sides, I'm like fuck yeah, because I love to hear the genesis of like the music that they would make or they were in the middle yeah. of making and hear some alternative versions or hear some. This I, mean, and that, I, I was only talking about this with someone the other day actually that, um, actually it was when I was streaming because we were talking about how we used to use LimeWire. Oh, and you yeah. download songs off bands. Obviously, I'm not condoning doing that now. But uh, back then, it was fine. But um, you were you would uh, download a song by a band, and a lot of the time, it was a song like it, it would be listed, but it was you wouldn't really go to the effort of checking if the band actually wrote that song. And it was like a couple of songs, like it would turn, but it would be a song that sounds like the band. Uh-huh. But Lincoln Park always had these songs on that were I'm not equating Big Thief to Lincoln Park, but yeah. they would have these songs that were put down and I'd never heard them before because I had all their albums but they were B-sides that were never released and one was called Q-W-E-R-T-Y have you ever heard it? No, no. It literally is their heaviest song by far and it's fucking class and they never they never got an album I was like oh that's the one time like B-sides I was like fuck but I can't really think of other B-side releases but um oh fuck I want to get it now (laughs) oh man it is is. how much is it in Tower actually? Yeah, it's uh, I think the colored version is like thirty six ninety nine, and the, the, the one the standard one's like thirty one euro. I think hmm. it is. If anyone is like big thief, I've heard of them, and you want like a good like album to like sink into with them, I highly recommend this or capacity. I feel like either start with capacity, which is more straight up like kind of indie, their their normal thing, whereas this is like your one song is country, one song is like shoegaze. Yeah, like it's it's very. Um, all over the place but it works though I think double albums can get away with having a kind of scattered a good double album can have like that kind of scattered thing and it, it nothing can nothing worse than listening to a double album one half is shit one yeah. half is good 
Um, yeah, again, check it out. It's a great place to start with. No, you kind of because I kind of wrote them off after listening to that. I didn't write them off, but after that, well, UFOF. You, I did not like that album at all. I honestly reckon it's it's an album that you come back to after. Let's say you listen to this when you like this. When you listen to Capacity, then I'd say then Masterpiece, then Two Hands, and then after that you'll finish all them and go back to UFOF. I'm like. Oh wow! This is I love that this Big Thief album exists now because it's not the other ones. It's yeah, so yeah. different. It's like it's much more ethereal and dreamy. Because I remember they were always t- um, back when I trusted Pitchfork as a reliable music source um, for for new music. They keep getting Big Thief. You have to listen to Big Thief, and I kept listening to. It. I was like, I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I don't like it, but I don't like it. But I loved that. Yeah. So I would probably probably also that was during the days of when I would just listen to metal. So yeah, yeah. probably would prefer probably would actually listen you, to it now. If you if you sit and like read along to these words while you're listening to the album, you will be like having a movie in your head, or you'll be like feeling a lot. Mm. It's very yeah. No, I did really like it. Now I have to say, I really liked it. Um, any other closing remarks about it? <laughs> Um, buy it <laughs> most most consistent band out there well for me anyway I mean I love King Gizzard but they're not as con- like they're very consistent for having had 18 studio albums but yeah. like Big Thief every album is like in my eyes a classic like and as I say I didn't think that always when I started listening to them it's only with time that I've come around to that like I didn't start off being a ma- like I'm not like King Gizzard about Big Thief okay, you know I wasn't yeah, like yeah, yeah. always like yeah it's taken me years to really be like wow are they like one of the best bands out there? Yes, I think they are. No, I have to get. I have to give that a shot now. I love the cover as well. Give us another look yeah, at it just one more oh, time. Just, oh. So, for anybody who hasn't seen it, it is a dinosaur, an owl, what a bear, a bear, yeah, and, and a pigeon, I think, a or some bird, or bird yeah, some bird of some sort. But like, there's four of them, <laughs> and there's four friends sitting around a campfire. And it's it reminds me of Toy Story, yeah, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> but as well, the fact that the album is so like musically dense and there's so much like brilliant like skillful tasteful like amazing stuff going on but the cover just is like yeah we it's really simple isn't well it? i think like, that says more about it as well yeah. like it's a perfectly good like because you see it and you're just like you're just like why is it so minimal and then you listen to some songs and it's just like it's simplistic but also complicated in the same way do you yeah. know that kind of yeah. I, don't, I don't know what i'm trying to say but it, it, it just it fits very well getting cover, getting covers for uh getting covers right for song for albums is very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> no, have you actually just out of curiosity? Do you have any albums that you absolutely love but you hate the cover? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I can't think of any right now. Yeah, I can't think of any either now, and I should know this. <laughs> there are definitely some I have that I just don't like the covers. Uh, I know one. Pig Destroyer have a cover that has just a naked woman on the front, and uh, it's just like, why, lads, come on? But it's just it's just a pair of boobs, and you're kind of like, come on, man. <laughs> uh, so actually what do you think what do you think my pick is <laughs> Venom Prison yeah is it yeah it is yeah. oh what a name Venom Prison are great do you know actually I was reading um, about how they came up with the name and they were basically I think um, uh, when Teresa Larissa met the the guy who was I can't remember the name of the band that he was in he's one of the band members um, when they met the idea was to come up with the most metal name that they could for a band. but uh, And that's what they came up with. They came up with uh, Venom Prison. It's a great name for a death metal band. Yeah. But um, so uh, let's see. Like, how did I come across them? Because it is interesting to because their background is interesting to know. Oh, yeah. So Larissa Stupa, I think her name is S-T-U-P-A. Or, and she was in this German, um, German 
left-wing militant hardcore band called Wolf Down, who were brilliant. Like a re- they were really, really good. They had a co- song called Stray from the Path, which had one of the most fucking awesome guitar tones I'd ever heard on a hardcore album. And it was just cool seeing, because it's such a male-dominated uh, genre of music. It was just seeing a girl fucking singing for them and just fucking shit, and just being balls to the wall crazy. But she then left that band. So she went on to do... Um, Venom Prison in Wales, I think, is where she formed them. And, like, just from her background as being in this, like, you know, like, very left-wing militant band to going into death metal, I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then I remember being on my way to Manchester on the plane, and I was reading the, a copy of Metal Injection, and they had an article. And it was it's kind of cringy, but they were like, who's the most metal person of this particular year? And it was going through... Actually, who do you think... Uh, it was a comedian that won it. Who do you think won most metal person? Which year? Ah, uh, what year was it? It must have been a couple. It must have been 2015, I think, now, or 2016. I can't remember when their when Venom Prison's first album came out. Animus was it what was it was com- called. was an American comedian? No, it was an English comedian. Frankie Boyle. Bill Bailey. Bill Bailey. Oh, <laughs> Bill Bailey. Fair Bill enough. Bailey won it. Apparently, he had a story about being drunk and driving around a roundabout outside Buckingham because the stories were like naughty the stories were like what, how, what, what was, the way, that she, what was the way that she got arrested and his story was like when he was a teenager he got drunk in a car and started chucking cans at the gates of Buckingham Palace and saying come out Queenie <laughs> but it was all these like it was kind of cringy but then it came I was Lar- uh, Larissa Stupar who's a singer for um, Venom Prison she was up on it I was like oh shit that's Larissa from Wolf Down I was like that's a like I don't that's a I haven't seen her in years and then she was going on about going to all these protests and fucking like anti-fascist protests and you, you know fighting Nazis and stuff I was like this girl's fucking she's so cool like and she was very politically driven and socially driven like you know social you know justice and all this kind of carry on but in a very constructive and just you know she just was I just thought she was awesome and then so she was in Venom Prison and I was like fuck it I'll check out the, their album Animus and I managed to find it in um HMV actually and I got it on a CD and then I remember getting it and being like seeing the cover and it was uh, a guy being castrated and being fed his balls by women it's a painted like it's a racist painted it's like wow that's that's one way to set a tone before you're going in and then like one of the lyrics was like rapist fucking die I was like Jesus Christ this is a brutal album but so they were they were never a band that I listened to for complexity in music or um, like tech like I wouldn't have listened to them as a you know technically for a death metal band they were just a cool kind of crazy loud spoke about you know justice for women not being a piece of shit basically and women's rights and just social justice just a cool band which was lyrics you didn't really hear in a death metal context you don't like you you do get some bands singing about it, but not in a very overtly this is mm-hmm. what we are and then this album came out so they had animus which is the first one then samsara which i did which is the second album which is a good album but didn't like the production and i felt it was kind of flat then they had Primeval, which was um, like a re-recording of older songs that they made, and they made, that was released over lockdown. And that was that was really good. That was pretty good. But then this came out, Erebus, which is I looked it up. What it was? It's a Greek word, which is the personification of darkness and one of pr- the primordial deities. Um, Hesiod's Theogony identifies him as one of the first five beings in existence, born of complete chaos, right. which I thought was awesome. Great, yeah. no, a great title for an album. But um, so, as I said, Rosa Stupar, as a singer, uh, quite political, socially, animal, animal rights activist as well. Uh, and just, yeah, they're just awesome. But 
the first thing I noticed about this album, the second I listened to it was just, holy shit, the production is just fantastic. It's that perfect line between gnarly and grunt, like, and just, just, oh, dirty guitars and just dirty everything. But it's also super clean that you can hear every band member exactly as they're meant to be heard which is fucking awesome you can even hear the bass which you know which is normally way down in the mix like it's just a it's a cool as fuck album and um i guess what is amazing about their style is is that larissa being from a hardcore background they've brought it over into the death metal thing so like you kind of get these like it's the album's quite catchy in a weird way like you you'll probably i'll probably play it to you and you kind of go i can see the you can see the catchiness but it's from that hardcore kind of mentality but it's not deathcore it's still very much a death metal death metal um do you know the difference you don't know deathcore and death metal do you Uh, death deathcore tends to be the kind of like side fringe like you know that (laughs) just blast speeds and all goblins yeah goblins yeah yeah yeah. Uh, like Suicide Silence Chelsea Grin and would death metal be more like orcs I think death metal would be like more urukai I think urukai yeah yeah yeah. not really orcs as such I know like they're kind of probably like it's but they're not goblins no they're not goblins would be if we were to do goblins would probably be deathcore actually and then black metal would be like Nazgul okay yeah and then I'm trying to think of some (laughs) doom metal would be what would doom metal be Balrog I suppose no it's quite slow moving. Maybe trolls? I don't know. We could do this all day. Black Sabbath would be like the Fellowship, right? No. Who would they be? Black Sabbath? Yeah. I don't know. Black. Oh, I suppose. Or Saruman? Yeah, because they're wizards and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I'd give her that. Like smoking okay. bongs and shit. So it'd be Gandalf and Saruman. Yeah. But Doom Metal would be, would be wizards. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other metal now that we can attribute stuff to. But anyway, so like they do have that hardcore and catchiness. So like, I think the best way to show just the second song on the album, because the first song, first song, unfortunately, I don't really like when metal bands do like the big intro thing, but they do it. it it's just, it, but it goes straight into just this, this, the second song, which is you'll hear just as soon as it starts off being like, fuck, you'll get the catchiness uh, of the thing. The song, by the way, is about um, the cycle of violence that, uh, people in poverty are put into like in terms of like carceration and like you know basically no way of getting out of that cycle mm-hmm. it's particularly to do with like black lives matter in the states and stuff so as i said political band socially conscious band and then this is so wait what's it called again judges of the underworld judges of the underworld Lovely judges song. of the underworld judges, well, they're the underworld <laughs> The older I get, the more I hear like some of Barra's uh, metal stuff, and I go, "Yeah," and I'm like tapping my foot, and I'm like, "Yes, like I can hear it like <laughs> as music and not as like just scary noise." Do you think you, it's just more that you've just been like conditioned to <laughs> be maybe like, this is what he's going to put think, on? I think I, I think, I, what he's I, gonna think like. I just like like so much different music now that like I don't need my like 
thing. I don't know. I I like to hear variety, so I'm like, yeah, I'll tap my foot along to <laughs> Judges of the Underworld by Venom Prison from their latest album Erebus. Erebus. Yeah, so the the lyrics to that by the way, if you if you couldn't make out what she was saying. I believe she said <laughs> No, you can actually she said uh, numbing of the pain with a drug induced psychosis, schizophrenia misdiagnosis, numbing of the pain with a drug induced psychosis, who is to blame? Raised by trauma, violence, poverty and abuse, choked with moral complexity, victimized, oppressed, criminalized. When, to chi- when society chooses to be selectively blind, are you the oppressor or the oppressed? Jeez, I feel like I'm back in college. But it's, <laughs> like, like, it's a fucking, like, they, like the lyricism is f- fantastic. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, it's kind of, you. <laughs> it might just be me, now that I heard it played loud there, it might just be me, but I find that she's one of the rare metal vocalists where you can act, if you listen to the headphones, you will be able to hear the words that she's saying quite, quite clearly. Her, go- her no, not Goblin, her high diction is quite good. <laughs> I I think her her vocal vocals are just fucking phenomenal. I just think she's fantastic. But other than that as well, like as I said at the beginning of talking to the, about this record, it wouldn't have been there. There wouldn't have been a band that I would listen to. As in, like, do you know when you listen to say like Dream? People listen to Dream Theater. They listen to it for the complexity or yeah, like yeah. Tool and stuff. They would have been just banders. Like I just thought they were kind of like straight straightforward death metal. But like this album is so technical and there's so much change ups in it that it's and like they wear there's so much different genre fusion things that are going on that's fantastic. Mm. Like even at some points they go into like Swedish death metal, which like it's a particular style, but like at some point like it straight up sounds like um Gothenburg style, like at the gates, and like I'm a big, big, big at the gates fan. So it's, you can hear it so well in some songs, particularly on um was I think it's on the fourth song, uh, Conformity. Um, what's it called? Again? Conformity of Complicity. Conformity of Complicity. If you want to give that a wing, you can hear, you can really hear that Swedish guitar tone. plenty of finger licking goodness in those chords like with well, the, the the guitar it's just it's just even like there's a song like Veil of the Night I think the first minute and a half, we won't play that but the first minute and a half just switches up constantly like the musicianship is from when I started listening to them to them now has become vastly superior it's, the drumming is outrageous well the, the drumming is the drumming is very typical of, of death metal but it is it, the way that it flicks up yeah is fantastic it's it, it it really like some yeah, it manages to like change as if it's changing gears in a car. Oh, it's great! While all of it is 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 intense as fuck. <laughs> Some bits are like more intense, but not in a like just turning the volume up way. It's like the, the again, this is me as a as a non metal head here and that and being like, yeah, fuck. <laughs> but it is it is like um, it's just fantastic to hear them. As I said, like from when I used to listen to them and just like oh death metal, but you know cool lyrics and you know um all that kind of shit and now it's like oh no they are now like they are a band that are very cool cool, like willing to just flick things up and then there's like um one of the things that they did actually on it as well which i loved was uh is that they've gotten very comfortable with having 
cleans interjected below like in the mix below screams and stuff like compliment screams or just these like low vo- clean vocals that just come in that just add like that little bit more weight to the songs and especially what they're singing about like it's not just an album now about being ferociously heavy and being dark and just ooh. it's it actually has it's technically impressive but it also has like that purpose and just that waste everything it's from start to finish it is one of the most exciting albums i've listened to in a long long time i'm really really just i can't get over it um uh like uh and as i said like they really wear their roots like there's a bit of grind in there every so often there's some doom metal in there the as i said like that's the the last song we played the corrosion um comfort of conformity i can't remember the name of it that is that's like an at the gate i keep saying it's like gate. like it is just stylistically they're willing to just take little bits like that when you hear the grind elements and particularly when you hear the hardcore elements you're like fuck me this is makes it that little bit extra for death metal which as i said i've listened i listen to a bunch of, i say this every single time i pick a metal album for these shows is that i find it sometimes that there's so much of the same that when a band is able to like so much bands that sound the same there's just such because bands are willing not willing sometimes to break out of the just the norm of um genre traditions essentially so it's nice to actually hear a band willing to just push that extra step and just be like hey fuck we can chuck this in we're comfortable chucking this in it's it's awesome it's just such it's oh, i just can't i'm trying i'm losing track of, i'm literally losing track of that because all i just want to do is talk about just how fucking awesome it is but i do have to talk about it in an actual constructive way a little bit um, you're not me just rambling about Big Thief like no we're like I, I do I do ramble but I like I am rambling but I do have to kind of oh, like you're talking to the king of rambles it. no because I do get ex- I, do, I do I do get very excited and just go it's just awesome it's just just listen to it it's just awesome but I need to tell people why it's awesome but I'll go back to one of the reasons that I think it's really really special is that vocalist Larissa is just uh, absolutely biz- like She's able to do she, her. She has enough variation in her voice now that it makes it interesting. Listen, it's not just that same type of scream the whole time. She's able to hit these disgusting lows and these highs and just be ferocious. And she even brings like the old school hardcore element vocal into it. And then with the introduction now of now, I didn't really listen to Primeval that much, so they might have had cleans on that as well. But there's way more cleans on this that actually work. They're not in there just for to say, hey, you know, I can sing as well. They actually have a placement in the so- in in the actual flow of the song, but it's just for, like my main thing is it's refreshing to listen to a band that are as heavy and brutal as this and as dark as this, but that aren't singing about like I don't know like I'm just thinking of a bloodbath song called Eaten, which is about wanting to be eaten. <laughs> have you ever have I shown you that song? No. Eaten. <laughs> my only desire is to be eaten. Oh, it rings a bell. We we play. It's actually surprisingly quite catchy. <laughs> I believe that pizza sang this to me. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no way. <laughs> he went, Eater! <laughs> my one desire, my only wish is to be Eater. <laughs> I have actually heard that. Yeah, you it's, definitely it's, it's yeah. such a good song. But that's, I don't know why that's the song, that the quintessential death metal song that comes into my mind. Or maybe like something like Cannibal Corpse as well. But it's it's refreshing to hear a band actually sing about songs that are, you know, like political and social as I keep, the two words I keep using, but like, not in that kind of preachy way in more kind of like we need to look at this shit and but they're actually singing about it in a way that you know they care it's not um fake uh what fake activism is it kind of you know they're yeah. not they're not um they're not a uh, virtue signaling at all they're like but it's but you ne- i don't like 
I don't really hear much bands sing about stuff that they sing about. So like, I think I broke down some of the songs here. Like, uh, as I said, Judges on the Underworld is a cycle of violence and incarceration. That's what that's about. Comfort of Complicity is uh, about uh, uh, Europe and America's uh, dealing with immigration and criminalizing people from coming into the countries. Like the separation of like in the States of like child and family. Like the idea that you can separate a kid from their parents mm. is fucking disgusting. Yeah, keep yeah. them in cages is fucking disgusting. Uh, that's what that song's about. Uh, pain of O I Z Y S. How would you pronounce that word? I'm assuming it's something to do with oxys or something. O I Z Y S. Oises. Oises. Pain of Oises, which is a fantastic fucking song as well. That's to that's about uh, coming to terms with like um, depression and like PTSD and trauma and all that kind of stuff. That's what that song's about. Um, Golden Apple of Hesperides is about uh, social media, which is basically saying that social media is the new way of um, basically controlling people uh, in like, uh, what are they? I think the, 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 yeah, the lyric they used was uh, referred to it as a mind controlling masterpiece mm. is the, like the dangers of social media and the yeah. way they're able to manipulate everything. Don't forget to Looking like, comment news. and subscribe and <laughs> join the Share Patreon. <laughs> join the Patreon. Revolute me a fiver, not not Barra, so, not not that guy. So, no, Revolute me. I'm the <laughs> Patreon master. Yeah, Zach has a as a hidden Patreon page that I have never seen. By the way, apparently there's t-shirts on it. Oh, uh, you check episodes. your bank statements. You're, you're still paying out to me. <laughs> and then like there's a song on it called Gorgon Sisters, which is a fucking ferocious song. Holy fuck! Uh, which is about I I don't really I, like I'm not a hundred percent sure, but from what I gathered was. It's about like ethic cleansing through sterilization of women, like removing removing their ovaries and all that kind of kind of uteruses and stuff. It's a fucking grim album, but they I remember read them in an interview. They were like, "Well, some grim shit have to be dealt with in a dark and grim. You know, you have to get the point across that this shit is fucked, and you need to talk about it in a way that it's fucked. And sometimes the level of aggression that comes with it." Sometimes the Except, only way that they're going to hear you is if you go. <laughs> I think so. Like maybe to tie it all off, I think maybe. Um, so there's there's uh, yeah there's one song. No, there's hard there's any there's hardly any point of showing just a heavy song for the sake of sh- showing a heavy song, which is Gorgon Sisters. I love, but um, the what I'll do is I'll tell you what the closer of this album is, in my opinion, one of the most epic closers to a metal song I've heard there's like a part at the end where they just shout Erebus that's over and over and over again which is like in my opinion like the chef's kiss it's like we know we made a fucking great album but uh, I'd highly I know I know when I come out with suggestions on this show that they're not for everybody but for anybody who does like metal or even wants to dip their foot in this is a very good album to get behind so maybe Zach if you could just show the uh, the, the closer of the song yes. of the album Maybe skip about two minutes in because it is a six minute long closer.
basically I'll close that with just saying that this album has amazing breakdowns stylistically amazing music there's a bunch of keys parts in it as well and just yeah just please check it out it's a good album but uh yeah yeah <laughs> wow Barra very prompt finish <laughs> um yeah that was interesting uh that last song as well I I like those uh those guitars it really reminded me of like old school metal yeah it has old school death metal elements in it as well which is like I think I think honestly if you like those type of guitar work you'd love like Swedish death metal Swedish death metal is fucking tight or actually you'd probably yeah, have you ever checked out death like the, just the no the band death. I know the band death the one that like the punk band the documentary uh, a band called death no 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 like yeah, death yeah. the Chuck Schoenier, um, like the first ever death metal band well people say they're the first ever death metal band the Californian band fucking unreal band like um he was obsessed with like, he's just he was a really 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 nice guy but he made just like brutally heavy music but um their guitar work is fucking unbelievable so the sounds of perseverance would be the album that i'd recommend by them some people would say symbolic um and a couple and leprosy is another great album by them but uh, uh sounds of perseverance the guitar work is just sublime it was their last album he, he unfortunately died very young of cancer but um in 2000 and I can't remember the year but they're oh my god Death are an amazing band there's a bit there's actually there's an interview where somebody goes why is the band named Death and he's like well like it's a it's a very heavy band we're hardly going to call it Rainbows <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one I like that <laughs> oh. okay that was fun alright uh, we're going to talk a little revisionist uh, album isn't it yes one that we've been listening to yeah. Quite a bit. Well, I was listening to it quite a bit. And I've also just... been, at the same time, also listening to it Have you? quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. And that is uh, uh, Viper's Seminal. Uh, what was the album called again? God damn it, I fucked it up. Leanne Le Havis? You cowards don't even do crack. <laughs> I was Where that album we were meant to review? None of you cowards even smoke crack by Viper. We were meant to review that? We, well, we were drunk. We went, that'd be funny if we did that. But then we uh, uh, decided that uh, it's a joke that'd just be lost on oh, yeah. everybody other than us. Yes, no, Leanne Havas is uh, self-titled third yeah. album, I believe. Fantastic album, it's just fantastic. If you haven't, I mean, you probably have listened to it, but if you haven't, oh my days! Her first self-produced album is it self-produced? Yeah, it's self. Well, I mean, like obviously there's engineers and stuff because it's very live. I yeah. mean, but no, she did like because I think the other albums she had people producing or she was probably co-producing whatever not self-produced she is the artist cover to cover like she you know came up with all yeah. of it pretty much there's obviously like a band playing but yeah fantastic modern soul funk album pop album so i was actually came across oh it's just it's fantastic but i actually came across it because i've i have so many books that i haven't read so recently i've taken to just uh, for an hour a day just sticking on an album and reading my book for an hour um, and I came across that and I was like I haven't listened to this in like like a while and I was like and I really liked it when it came out so I was like fuck it I'll put this on and just I just forgot I just fell in love with it all over again it's one it's like would you call, it's a breakup album isn't it yeah, yeah you call it a breakup album but just the way that she writes everything uh, like that's on real love like just the way that she actually vocalizes her opinions and emotions is very much you're kind of sitting there just going like I understand like if you've ever been through heartbreak if you, it's, I, this is like the album that will 
I, I don't know for me personally me sitting there just going like I was like she just articulates every single feeling that she would have and even that kind of like there's some like fuck him I don't need him moments but at the same time it's like oh I wish I had him but then it's like moving on to something else and maybe this is better like all that all those stages that you go through of of a breakup and moving on she just encapsulates it encapsulates it so well but like never mind like even her vocalizations and the way that she sings and the lyrics and stuff the music in it is fucking so good like so, so good. good i think most of it is live as well i mean her guitar playing is so brilliant it's so her it's like it's plucked and rhythmic i feel like a lot of it's like finger picked and a lot of like kind of like chords that are you know like played out in like arpeggios and stuff mm. but it's so distinctly her and the tone of her guitar is just mwah. I believe she worked with Prince before. No Early way. on in her career, yeah. Prince was quite like that. Like Janelle Monet and her, I think he kind of like took him a little bit under his wing and was like working on stuff with them, which you can kind of hear more in Janelle Monet, the Prince stuff, but you kind of get a bit of it. Do you know, actually, I know exactly. The Janelle Monet song has literally has a couple of songs that are like, that's a fucking, that is a Prince song. Just, that's yeah. the way you make me feel. Or whatever yeah, yeah, that song yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. The Anna have us. It's just it's and every song again, and like as I said, like you you bought it for me as a as a Christmas present I think one year a birthday remember, present I think wasn't it no it was a Christmas present because I remember getting it at Christmas time and she and my sister gave it to me and she's like she dropped it in but um I remember getting it and just being like I have no idea what this is and I was like did did Zach buy me a soul album yes, like, has he lost his damn mind <laughs> put it on that Christmas and I was like this is. Oh my god! It just yeah no from start to finish is great. I even just love the how, the, how simple the the cover of it is. Just yeah. her smiling with the hair in front of her face. It's one of those great photos where it's like the photo like is speaking, but it's like it's yeah. technically a terrible photo, but it's not. <laughs> it says so much. I'm trying to think like what would be some standout songs for I you? I mean, off of? the one of them that I love is the is the cover in the middle of it of the Radiohead song "Weird Fishes Arpeggiate." See, I didn't know that was a cover when I first heard it. Yeah, See, like I, I so, like you know, with Radiohead or that kind of band where it's like you can't really cover Radiohead. Like you just people like it's kind of not. It's like unspoken taboo. I feel like you don't cover Radiohead. It's they're so them and they're so like. Their songs are always like such like perfect, like delicate arrangements that you just never touch it. And she honestly, as a massive fan, that's one of my favorite songs of all time by Radiohead and of all songs. Her version, I can't I couldn't say one is better or worse. One is the original. The other one is just as affecting and just as beautiful and just as like expertly done. And she slows it down to like a real groove, but she still has all the same like intricacies of the arrangement that Radiohead put into their songs and the same live feel the same musicianship but she totally makes it her own she totally like it's like as if it's the same way like Donny Hathaway was great at like covering people's songs like what's going on or uh, what's the other way he did another song uh, Jealous Guy the John Lennon song and really makes them songs his own really puts his stamp on it she does that all over but not just her vocals in the arrangement in the style it's you know it's a soul take on a fucking art rock you know nerdy yeah. sort of song like. it's also one of those bands that like Radiohead as you said how if I was in a band Radiohead would be the one band I was like I'm not touching those <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you, don't. you hear people like the one song that I hear people covering is Creep and they ne- nobody ever does a good cover of but Creep it's barely a Radiohead song it's barely a Radiohead it's, song it's as like, well it's yeah. like the outlier in their fucking songs you know uh, I'm trying to like this one of the like one of the, you're talking about the, pr- the production on it it does have that kind of almost like that electric ladyland feel to it in that it's like it it feels like it's recorded 
live in the room yeah, and it, which is even further made the point that when I think in Sour the, the closing song Sour Flower you hear her go okay that's us done at the end and then laughing and leaving the room I was like that's fucking like just uh, it's such a good album it's such a beautiful album as well you can just sit there and just listen to the whole journey of it it's not a, it's not a, I don't think it's a concept album no, but it does feel like it, from the start I mean, it's to finish. It's very much about like breakup and, yeah. and and love and heartbreak and and intimacy and romance. Like it's like and like, but it's, sometimes when people do like you know just like love sort of albums or songs, they're quite cheesy. Where she never feels cheesy once, despite no. the fact that like on paper, it is like it should be like you know the way she's singing with this like Beyonce style like powerful vocal. You know, it could easily fall into the. Nothing wrong with that, but that kind of like straight up. Here's a song. Not that Beyonce is straight up. Like she's you a, shitting on Beyonce. No, I'm not at all. But you know that like that sort of nine. Uh, <laughs> How dare that you? sort of two thousands like pop. You know, uh, pop I know what you mean. Yeah, sort of female vocal power songs. Yeah, so you, you know? put on quite a show. Yeah, you yeah. Know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's Rihanna actually. Hey, Rihanna's Rihanna's class of Riri or Beyonce? Who do you prefer? I personally, I, I haven't been able to crack Beyonce. I love Rihanna. I love Rihanna. I love, love her Rihanna. voice. I lo- I just think she's cool. I don't know. She's Good Girl Bomb Bad. No, is do you know what? Fucking unreal album. Is it Nelly Furtado? Can ne- I sneak no, in? Nelly, Nelly Furtado, Furtado is unbelievably she, good. Man Eater, that's her, isn't it? Man Eater is Nelly Furtado, but she also has that. Um, uh, you know. Uh, why do all good things come to an end? She also has that, which I forget the Does name. Say it, ain't, say it ain't so. And she also has Mysterious Girl. Does she also have I'm Like a Bird? I'm Like a Bird is also Nelly Furtado. As oh, well. man, let's do a Nelly Furtado episode. Nelly Furtado, sorry. Nelly Furtado is fantastic. She's, and she's, uh, I consider her very underrated because you do not hear people putting no. on Nelly Furtado anymore. No. And she was fantastic. She had a bunch of songs with Timbaland. Yeah. Uh, during the day of like Timbaland dominating the, the, uh, Radio Airways, him and J- JT, Jesus Christ, him, JT, and Nelly Furtado were constantly just making shit. If and Spotify was a the thing, then he would be taking up so much of the streams that he'd make about a fiver, which is yeah. a lot more than most people make. I think Matt. Phew. No, he'd obviously be making way more than a fiver, but like, I wonder what the highest earning musician on because I know Drake is the most streamed artist. I, well, he used to be at least. With on yeah, Spotify. but he's got to pay that to all the fucking ghostwriters and producers <laughs> and fucking like you know yeah, yeah. the shade. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I didn't say it first. Don't at me, Drake. Is King Hunter <laughs> about Drake? I always thought that it was. Uh, I thought it was about oh yeah 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 it's about ghostwriting I think it yeah it probably is to be honest I always thought I, that I it feel was. like anytime there is a reference from a rapper about like recently about like ghostwriters people are always saying like it's Drake it's Drake I, yeah. I don't know enough I'm not I don't know enough of Drake's music I don't know him personally but stop adding me Drake stop <laughs> adding me he was asking me to be on the podcast I'm like no man <laughs> we have nothing in common <laughs> that'd be mad if he did come on but uh I guess so. We'll finish up there, I suppose, unless you have more to say about Leanne Havis. I just thought it was a nice little shout out. The other, I'm trying to think of other shout out albums. I've, been, I've listened to Soak's Grimtown a lot recently. Yeah. I just it was also in her music video. I don't know oh, if you yeah, saw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I um, nothing else to say. Uh, really, what have I been enjoying? Nick Cave. Nick Cave. If you want a good Nick Cave album, uh, go with um. Well, if you if you don't know any Nick Cave, start the Boatman's Call, beautiful songs, and Abattoir Blues 
is just an yeah, incredible you album. That one before. Well, it's a double album. Again, that's another great double album um, where it is very much two albums. One is folky, one is rocky. Um, but it's just so good for his his style of songwriting, especially once you've been listening to him for a while and you go back to it. It's like, man, so watertight. Like every goddamn song. Messiah Ward being one of my personal favourites. I definitely, if you would listen to one song by Nick Cave, stick on Messiah Ward. Well, if we're going to do shout outs for double albums, uh, I know you haven't listened to it yet, but you need to listen to it to be kind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... it's it's it, like it's kind of it because I, I know Annie Fatalo gave it a 10 it was like because it's the first time it's kind of memes now but yeah. Swans To Be Kind genuinely is a fucking fantastic record it's so haunting <laughs> it's great but I guess we'll do a wrap then on um, the year episode that's been first podcast yeah. that's uh, yeah first in person one first in person one of course it was going to be with you like yeah. oh man that was so much fun I hope oh, you had a great, great. time doing yeah, this yeah man it was great you want to listen to Venom Prison now before you go to bed no. Although if I am doing some push-ups, yes. I don't do push-ups. I was about to say, so you're not going to... Really yo- <laughs> it's not really yoga music, uh, you know. Hot yoga, maybe. Alice Coltrane is good yoga music. Alice Coltrane is very good yoga music. Who's Alice Coltrane? She uh, was John Coltrane's wife, but she's also a very accomplished spiritual jazz uh, like composer, musician. Uh, she's got some gorgeous albums. Uh, it's very much like meditative music. It's like the music you'd imagine you would hear on some sort of retreat. But it's beautiful. <laughs> okay. I think, uh, was it, what's his name? Farrah Sanders. Uh, oh, no way. With, a lot with her, yeah, I think it was oh, Farrah Sanders. I'll give that a listen now. On the again, bus. sleepy, sleepy time music. If you'll fall asleep on the bus, listen to it. Okay, so I won't listen to it on the bus. Maybe I'll just watch Berserk again. Um, but yeah, okay. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll just, I'll t- chat to you later. Then. Well, it's going to be weird yeah. saying chat to you later when I'm, Literally in front of you. Normally yeah. I finish the podcast going like, I guess I'll catch you later, man. Catch you later, bro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know how to close it now when I'm when I'm with you. <laughs> I suppose okay. do the whole maybe like and yeah. Like and subscribe. Yeah.